Welcome to the Dew of Heaven service with Reverend Brian Krumah. Reverend Brian Krumah brings you powerful and practical teachings of the Word of God, which is able to save your soul. Reverend Bright currently pastors the Bronx North Branch of the Kodesh Family Church in New York City, a church full of love, joy, and enthusiasm for the Lord. We pray that this message brings hope and light to your life. Listen and be blessed. Father, we are thankful and we are grateful this afternoon for your love, for your kindness. We thank you for your presence. Holy Spirit, we avail ourselves to you take over this service we pray oh god that you subdue every other spirit that is not of god let your voice be heard speak through me use me and minister to our hearts this afternoon in jesus name amen Amen. clap your hands together for jesus and please be seated and turn your bibles to matthew chapter 16 and verse 18 Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18. And I say also unto thee, thou, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Hallelujah. We are talking about the things that cause the work of God to cease. Loyalty and disloyalty. The things that cause the work of God to cease or to stop. Next scripture, Nehemiah chapter 4 and verse 11. Nehemiah chapter 4 and verse 11. And our adversaries said, they shall not know neither see till we come in the midst among them and slay them and cause the work to cease and cause the work to cease the adversaries the enemies the enemies of the work of God the enemies of the church of God are saying we shall not know neither see till we come in the midst among them And slay them and cause the work to cease. Hallelujah. So this is the goal of our enemy. The enemy that fights the church of God. And Jesus is saying that the things that rise up to resist his work. The building of God's church. The things that come up against the church of God. Are the gates of hell. Anything that rises up to fight the church of God. Anything that prevents the church of God from moving forward is the gate of hell. Hallelujah. And the Bible is saying the enemy who fights the church, the enemy who opposes the church is saying one of his ways for fighting the church, one of his ways for destroying the work of God is that the weapons are not visible to our eyes. He says we shall not know. We will not know what hit us. We will not know what comes upon us. We will not know the things that are fighting us. He says, our adversaries said, they shall not know, neither see, till we come in the midst among them. We will not know until the enemy is within us, until the enemy has become part of us, to come in the midst amongst us, and then cause to slay us. He will slay us, hit us, And that will cause the work to cease. It is easy for the enemy to begin to slay us when he is within us. Hallelujah. And so from this message, we are identifying some of the weapons that the enemy uses in our midst to cause the work of God to cease. Hallelujah. And one of the weapons the enemy uses, we spoke about independence spirit independent spirit we talk a lot about that and the second weapon that we identify that the enemy uses is offense 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 is a very strong weapon that the enemy uses when he wants to stop the work of god from going on it is a wonderful weapon that the enemy has used 
for so many centuries, so many years to stop the work of God, to cause the work of God to come to a halt. Hallelujah. And that is why I have spent so much time talking about this particular weapon. It has worked among Christians in various churches for so long. Hallelujah. You see, offense, as it is, is like a wound that is in the body. Do you understand? When a person is offended, it's like a wound. And it has to heal. It has to heal. When you have a wound in your body, it has to heal. If it doesn't heal, that part of the body ceases to function, or at least to function properly. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? And you are part of the body. You are part of the body. In Ephesians 5 and verse 30, it says, For we are members of his body. We are, you and I, are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. You are a part of the bones. You are a part of the body. So every part of us that develops a wound, every part of us, every body, or every part of us that develops a wound that does not heal, causes the body not to function well. Causes the body not to function properly. Hallelujah. If a part of your body develops a wound and does not heal, that part ought to be removed. Do you understand? If you have a part of the body that develops a wound and does not heal, that part ought to be removed. It ought to be removed so the rest of the body can function. But as long as that part which has the wound is still there, it causes the body to be dysfunctional. It causes the body not to function properly. Then the whole body always has to go to the doctor's office because of that part that is not healing. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing? You know, there are people who have certain ulcers. They call them diabetic ulcers. And most often they are on the foot. Sometimes it's in the toe. Sometimes all the toes. Sometimes the whole foot can develop an ulcer. And you find these people always coming to the clinic. Always coming to the clinic. It causes the rest of the body to cease functioning normally. It causes the rest of the body to now always go to the doctor's office. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Because of a non-healing ulcer. Because of offense that is not healing. It causes the work of the body to cease. To come to a halt. And what needs to be done eventually, if that part of the body is not healing, if that wound is not healing, the only way to get the rest of the body to function is to cut that part off. Is to remove that part so the rest of the body can go on. But whenever you remove that part, the body is not the same. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? It is not the intention of the Lord that any part of his body be lost. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? It is never his intention. Whatever he has given us, he says, even when he was living, he says, I thank my Lord that of all that you have given me, I have lost none. I have lost none. So when offense comes, his goal is to make us dysfunctional. When we are offended, it puts a halt on the work of God. Now, if that part of the body that is not healing is removed, I tell you, unless you are healed, unless you are healed, you realize, for instance, if you have a part of the body that is removed, it can be given to another person. Do you understand? If it is good. If you have two kidneys and they are both good, they can take one of the kidney and give to someone. And it will work. It will work. Even if you have a liver that is big enough and is functional, we can cut a piece and give to someone who needs a liver. And it will work. Oh, yes. It will work. But if that part that is not healing, if that part that has a wound is removed, and it's not healing, it cannot be planted anywhere else. 
So if you have a wound in one particular part of the body, if you have a wound in the body of Christ here, if you have a wound in the church and you don't heal, and because of that you leave, you realize that a non-healing wound, a non-healing part can never be planted in another body. You ought to heal. You ought to heal before you can be planted in another place. Otherwise, they will plant you there and you fall off because there is no supply. You can still receive because of a non-healing heart, because of a non-healing part. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? So offense is a, a weapon that the enemy uses to always displace us from the church, to always cause the work to cease. Amen. Amen. But the Holy Spirit is given to us to help us to overcome this weapon that the enemy uses also. Hallelujah. He helps us to heal and continue to remain a part of the body of Christ. Hallelujah. The Bible says in John chapter 8 and verse 35, it says, And the servant abided not in the house forever. A servant abided not in the house forever, but the son abided ever. Hallelujah. Are you a son? Are you a daughter? Are you a son? Are you a daughter? Then the Bible is saying that you ought to abide ever, forever. It means that offense cannot displace you from the house of God. Offense cannot displace a son from the house of the father. Offense cannot displace a daughter from the house of the father. But a servant, he said, a servant does not abide ever. A servant does not remain in the church ever. A servant is someone who gets offended and leaves. But if you are a child, if you are a son, or you are a daughter, then the Bible is saying you abide ever. You stay forever. No offense can displace you. No offense can make you leave. Now, who is a son? Who is the kind of person who calls himself a son? Or who is the kind of person who calls himself a father? The scripture says in John chapter 1 and verse 12, it says, but as many as received him, as many as received him, to them gave he power. Power, the power of the Holy Spirit, when it comes upon you. He says, as many as receive him, when you receive him, then he gives you the power to become the sons of God. You become a son and nothing can displace you because certain power has come to you that has made you a son, that has made you see yourself as a son, that has made you see yourself as abiding ever and it cannot displace you. That weapon cannot fight against you. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding the word of God this afternoon? So that weapon cannot displace you. Do not leave this place because of offense. Amen. Do not leave because of offense. Whenever offense comes, know that it's the weapon of the enemy. Know that the enemy has a plan to displace you from a place that is good. From a place that is good. Hallelujah. From a place that is good. Know that the enemy has a plan to displace you. He says he will not come. He will not come but to steal. To kill and to destroy. His plan is to steal. You don't. He, no one will come. A thief will never come to a poor man's house. That you have milk and sugar. So armed robbers are coming to your house. You can leave your door open. You have a 15-year-old mattress and so armed robbers have planned to come to your house to invade your house. You can leave your door open. But the thief will come when you have something worthy. I said the thief will set eyes on you to displace you from a place when he knows that you have something that is worthy. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding the word of God this afternoon? Yeah. The next weapon that I want us to look at is passivity. 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 
This is another weapon that the enemy uses. When you are a passive person, when you become passive, a Christian that becomes passive, you become indifferent. You become unconcerned. And you become inactive. Now, when you are offended and you don't heal, you move to a stage of passivity. You become passive. Amen. When you are offended and you don't heal, you, come, you become someone who is now unconcerned. You become someone who is inactive. Amen. Now you see a person who has become passive as someone who was once excited, bubbly, happy, jumping in church, and suddenly that person becomes quiet. Suddenly you realize that person has become quiet. When you are offended and you don't heal, you move to this stage. You move to this stage. Amen. You become quiet. You, you were not originally a quiet person. You know there are some people that are quiet. Do you understand? There are people who are very quiet like Salom. Very quiet person. Do you understand? Very quiet. Amen. Or who else? Irene is quiet. Irene. Okay. <laughs> Do you understand? You become very quiet. You know, someone who was bubbly, someone who is always excited about the things of God, now becomes very quiet. Amen. That is when the spirit of passivity has come over you. Hallelujah. Other symptoms of passivity is someone who you stop laughing in church. It's a big sign that you have moved from offense to passivity. That you stop laughing. When we say something that everyone is laughing, you are always quiet. Nothing is funny to you anymore in the church. It's a sign that you are becoming passive. I'm giving you signs. Are you watching? So begin to watch the people who don't laugh anymore. Ask your neighbor, are you laughing? Do you laugh in church? Say, let me see a smile on your face. Amen. You stop laughing. You stop laughing at things that are funny. You stop laughing at jokes. It means that you have moved to a passive state. Amen. You, it means you stop being happy in church. Someone who stops being happy in church is a person who is in a passive mood. Passive mood. Hallelujah. Or you stop singing. As we are having praise and worship, you are standing still. You don't sing. Now, you are not originally like that. But now you have stopped singing. It means you have moved in a passive state. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Or you stop dancing. You see, the praise and worship leader, I say, everybody give the Lord a move. Give the Lord a dance. And then you are standing there. You know, this is your move for the Lord. Come on. It's a passive spirit. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? You have moved to a passive stage. Amen. It's like now you are a diploma, some form of a diplomat. You don't dance. You don't sing. You are not being, you are intentionally not being happy in church. Amen. I'm giving you symptoms of passivity. Someone who stops saying amen. Do you see? Can I hear an amen? I'm watching your faces. Someone who stops saying amen in church is someone who has moved to a passive stage. Amen. Someone who used to say, preach on. You say you are preaching. Preach on. Preach on. 
You are the preacher. And you stop saying that. You have moved to a passive state. Amen. Hallelujah. Someone who stops clapping in church. We say, give the Lord a clapping hand. Give the Lord a clapping offering. And you can't clap for Jesus. You can't clap for Jesus. And then you are wondering, why are they clapping? You are wondering, why are they laughing? What is funny? You are looking at their faces. What is funny? There's no funny, there's nothing funny here. Amen. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? I'm giving you signs of passivity. Another sign of passivity is someone who leaves the church immediately after service. It's a big sign. It's a big sign. It's a big sign. As soon as church is over, I'm gone. (laughs) Passivity. It's like I have nothing else to do with these people. I don't need a beloved here. I don't want to have one. I have nothing to do with these people. It's a sign of passivity. I'm giving you signs of passivity. And it's not like you are leaving to go to work. You are not going anywhere. You are just going home. But you rather leave. It's a sign of passivity. Amen. Another sign of passivity is you begin now to come to church late. Intentionally. (laughs) Amen. You begin to come to church late intentionally. Someone who is here early all the time. Now you stroll in here and as you are coming, you are late but nothing is moving you. It's a sign of passivity. Hallelujah. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yes. Another sign of passivity is you stop taking notes in church. You stop writing notes. It's a sign of passivity. Amen. Hallelujah. We are preaching important message, something that applies, but nothing. You are not writing notes. Or if you have your notes, it's just in front of you. Your book is just, you have opened a page. You are not writing anything. It's a sign of passivity. Hallelujah. Amen. Another sign of passivity is you don't make any contribution in a meeting. You are quiet in a meeting. You say, I don't have anything to say about anything anymore. I don't want anyone to say anything about me. So now I don't have anything to say about anything anymore. It's a sign of passivity. Amen. And you make your face such that we can't say anything to you. It's a sign of passivity. You have squeezed your face. Put a smile on your face. Put your smile. Put a smile on your face so that I can say something to you. It's a sign of passivity. Intentional squeezing of the face so that we can't say anything. <laughs> Amen. You see, these are signs the enemy is getting ready to displace you. I'm telling you, anyone who moves in this passive state, the enemy is getting ready to displace you. Hallelujah. And sometimes the worrisome thing is that we don't even know what is wrong. We don't know what has happened. We don't know what is going on with you. Whether it's something the pastor said or something a church member did to you, we don't know. But you move into a passive state. It is not a good sign. Hallelujah. 
no matter how it comes, no matter what the cause is, its goal is to cause the work to cease. Hallelujah. Its ultimate goal is to cause the work of God to cease, to come to a halt. Hallelujah. Now, Jeremiah chapter 48 and verse 10. Jeremiah chapter 48 verse 10. The Bible says, Cursed are those who refuse to do the Lord's work. Cursed are those who refuse to do the Lord's work, who hold back their swords from shedding blood. Amen. Do you understand the scripture? It means that you have been armed. You have been given a sword. But you have moved to a passive state. You are not letting your sword shed blood. You are not fighting. You are not doing the work. The Bible says, curse is such person who has been equipped, who has been given the sword to fight, but has moved to a state where he's doing no work. You move to a cursed state. When the Lord equips you with a sword to fight, when the Lord equips you with a talent, when the Lord equips you with an ability to sing, and because of offense, you move to a passive state where you say, I am not singing anymore. I am not dancing for the Lord anymore. The Lord has given you an exciting spirit that when you lift up your voice or you begin to dance in front of the church, you bring excitement in the house of God. But when offense comes and you move to the passive state, you stop doing that. And the Bible says, curse is a person who the Lord equips but you keep your sword from shedding blood. Amen. Amen. Are you understanding the scripture? Matthew chapter 25 and verse 15. Matthew chapter 25 and verse 15. The Bible says, and unto one, this is, Go to 24, let's begin, I mean, um, 14, please. Let's read. It says, for the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his servants and delivered unto them his goods. Do you understand? He delivered unto them his goods. He gave them talents. He delivered unto them his goods. And unto one, he gave five talents. To another, two. And to another, one. Are you with me? So he called his servants, and one of the servants, he gave five talents. Another, he gave two talents, and another, he gave one. The father knows why he has given you. He, 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 He knows what you can accomplish. He knows what he can expect from you. So he gives you five. He gives this one two, and he gives this one one. Then the next verse, he says, and on, he says, and straightway took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? The one with the five talents, he worked with it. Can we read a New Living Translation? The New Living Translation says, He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earned five more. He worked with the talent and earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. Are you with me? Now hear this. But the servant who received one bag of silver, the one who received one bag of silver, he was not happy. He's not happy with his master. He remembers some things the master has said to him before. He remembers certain rebukes. He remembers certain chastisement. 
and he's in offensive mode and has moved to a passive mode, intending not to do any work. He's not happy that you gave this one five talents and you gave this one two and me you gave one. And he's not happy. So look at what he did. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money and went to sleep. Are you with me? So now, after a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. How they had used his money. The servant of whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now, I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. I want you to take note of that scripture. Go back. I want you to take note. It says, the master was full of praise for the one who had five talents and invested in them, worked with them. He says, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now, I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Let's celebrate with the master. Then the servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I have earned two more. The master said, Well done. My good and faithful servant, you have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now, I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Let's celebrate together. I want you to know and take note of who is saying this. To say, let's celebrate together. Who is saying, well done, my good and faithful servant. Who is saying it? Whether it is another servant saying it to the servant or the master who gave the gifts. Are you with me? Now, then the servant with one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man. I remember the last time you left. I remember the way you spoke to me. I remember the chastisement. I remember how you discipline. I remember how you talk. You were too rough. You are too hard. He says, I remember. He said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man. Harvesting crops you didn't plant. And gathering crops you didn't cultivate. Do you see? Then he says, I was afraid. I will lose your money. And then hear some things from you. I was afraid of working with your money. And then you coming back and saying all kinds of things to me. So what I did is, I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money. Take it back. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? You see, sometimes we are in a church. You see, our focus must always be on the one who has given us the gift. Our focus must always be on the one who has called us into his marvelous kingdom. But oftentimes, we look at ourselves 
And you say, why did you let her lead four songs? And you gave me one song to lead. Is she better than me? Why do you always call her to sing and not me? Is she better than me? You are looking at what another person is doing. And you are looking at what has been given you. And you take offense. And it makes you take a passive mode of not using your talent. But I want you to note that the one who has given you the talent, the one who has given you the work, the one who has given you that amount to work with, he's the one that is looking at what you do with what he has given you. And you realize, you realize that the same thing he will say to the five talented man is the same thing he will say to the one he gave two talents also. So if we will keep our eyes on Jesus, if we will keep our focus on Jesus, he says, I'm singing, they are not clapping, but I know who I'm singing to. I am dancing and people think I am mad and I'm dancing nakedly before the woman, but I know who I'm dancing to. I have taken my clothes off and I put it around my waist and I am dancing and people are looking from window and they think I am being a disrespectful, I am being a dishonorable king, but I know who my eyes are on. I know who is going to call me a servant well done. I know who has given me that talent. He says, I am not looking at men, I am not looking at ourselves, I am not looking at what you have, but I am looking at what the master has given me. Hallelujah. Sometimes we we look at what someone else is doing and we look at what we have and we think it is nothing. Sometimes we look at what someone has done. You look at how many books someone has written and God has given you this small talent to write this small pamphlet to summarize the message. And you have few words to write it. And it's not going to be pleasing to the people. They are not even going to see you as some wonderful writer. But the one who has given you the gift, he knows your ability. He knows what you can do with that gift. He knows what can come out of you. And if you will be faithful with that little gift that he has given you, he says, a well done, good and faithful servant. Faithful servant. If you'll be faithful with what he has given you. If you'll be faithful with the gift that he has given you. And you will come boldly before him and say, I am singing to my Lord. I am singing to the God who gave me this gift. I am not looking at what you have. I am not looking at how you sing. I am not going to let how you sing deter me from singing. I am not going to let your five talents deter me from working with my two talents. But I'm going to work with my two talents. Because I look forward to the master's voice. I look forward to the master's praise. The master is going to be full of praise for me. The master is going to be full of happiness and joy. And he's going to call me and say, let's celebrate together. Though I have just one talent. It may not be impressive to you. But to the master who gave me. He says, I gave him. According to their several abilities. I give them the talent according to their several abilities. If we can work with what the master has given us. If only we can stick to working with what the master has given us. You see, this man, he went into a passive mode. Because he, perhaps he was offended. He was offended that a grown up man, he was given one talent and this young person, who had just come, he gave five talents. Are you, are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? See, I want you to see that the master did not call some foreign investors. The master did not invite some foreign investors. The master chose the people that are within, his servants, his servants who are in the house. He called them and he gave the talents to the servants who are in the house. 
the enemy will use the servants who are in the house. The enemy will come upon you to put you in a passive mode and say, look at what he gave to this person. The pastor favors other people. The pastor treats people differently. He doesn't treat people the same, but the master knows your ability. He knows what he has given to you. He knows what he can expect from you. He knows what you can do with that one talent. Amen. You see, sometimes we trivialize the gift that God has placed in us. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Sometimes we trivialize the gift that God has given to us because we look at other people's gifts. And we trivialize the gift that that God has given to us. But I tell you, if you will work with the gift that God has placed in you, if you will work with the gift that God has placed in you, hallelujah. You know, David... What brought David to the king's palace was a gift that God placed in him. What brought David to the king's palace to be invited to the king's palace was a small gift that he was able to put on his resume. That the king was looking for someone who could play, someone who is talented in music. And the servant, the shepherd who had been with David in the field said, we know of this servant, we know of this shepherd. Who can play? And that gift, because David did not overlook that small gift, though he was in the backyards feeding the flock, feeding the sheep, though he was in the backyard, his brothers were on the field doing great things, but he stayed in the field with the small talent that God has given him, and he began to play. And as he continued to play, as he continued to play, it, is, it was not his skill as an army officer. It was not a strength as an army officer, but they heard of what he, and they brought him to the king's palace to play for Saul. And through that, he learned about leadership in the king's palace. Hallelujah. There are certain young women, there are certain single women, God is waiting for the day that the gift of singing, you will stand before his congregation to begin to sing for your husband to identify you. I say your husband will identify you as you stand in front. That is the gift. You are waiting for a husband. You go on your knees and you pray. You go on your knees and you cry. But the Lord is saying, I have given you a talent. You have not worked with that talent. That talent is going to push you forward. That talent is going to show you. It's going to catapult you into higher levels. But you are sitting on that little gift that God has given you. But the day that you will stand. In front of the congregation. Oh, the day that you will lift up your voice. Someone will come to the pastor. Reverend, may I speak to you after service? I saw a young girl in the choir. I said, which one? He said, you know, the one with the, um, the hairstyle. You know, the one with the I said, which one? The one with the hairstyle and the lipstick. I said, they all have lipstick. No, 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 but her lipstick stands out. You see, he has identified you. They all have lipsticks, but he has identified you because of that small gift, small gift that God has placed in you. To come forward. To come forward. Your husband is sitting in the congregation. You are sitting with your husband, but he has not seen you. Because you are not using the talent. You are not using the gift. But the day you will trade with that small gift. The day that you will trade with that small talent. The day that you trade with that small talent. A car that you have never driven before. The master here is a car. A house that you never dreamt of living because of that small gift that brought you forward. Say, I'm taking you out of this place. But we trivialize the gift. We trivialize the gift. Hallelujah. And we do the same thing everywhere. Some of you, God has placed in you a special skill, special gift to write letters. To write letters. And because you are not the senior secretary, they don't give you important letters to write. You have not taken that scale seriously. But the day 
your boss will just throw something small to you and say, write it. Just write it. Write this memo for me. Not even a formal letter. Write a memo. And when he sees your scale, when he sees how you lay out the memo, how you put your bullets and your points, he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Hallelujah. Some of you, the the Lord has given you a skill, but if only you will put that gift, that small gift, into work. He says, so now, he says, you have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now, I will give you many more responsibilities. Many more responsibilities. There are some of you, you are going to receive many more responsibilities if only you will put your gift into practice. Many more responsibilities. More than you can carry. Many more responsibilities. Hallelujah. Many more responsibilities. You are a woman who is waiting to host, host large, great people in your house. In a great house. God has given you a skill to cook. A skill to cook. When we are organizing something in the church and we ask, can you make, can you make this thing? You say, I will bring drinks. I will, I will bring drinks. Young woman, I will bring drinks. Every time you will bring drinks. Keep bringing drinks and sit on your talent. You will continue to sit on your talent. And keep sitting on your talent. You say, I will bring drinks. What kind of thing is that? Is it the only thing you can cook? Coca-Cola is the only thing you can cook? Pepsi is the only thing you can cook? God has given you a talent to cook. God has given you a talent. And if only, if only you will use that talent. I'm just preaching over. <laughs> and the people who bring the drinks, they are the ones that eat the lot. <laughs> Hallelujah. Keep bringing drinks. Tell your neighbor, keep bringing drinks. Amen. God has given you a gift. God has given you a talent. And if only you can work with that talent. If only you can work with that talent. So someone comes to me and says, Reverend, I am interested in this woman. I say, you are going to drink Coca-Cola all your life. That will be my question. I say, do you like Coca-Cola? Do you like Pepsi? Do you like Sprite? Then here is your wife. You will drink Coca-Cola for breakfast, for lunch, and for dinner. Hallelujah. But if you will work with that talent, if you work with that talent, if you work with that talent, and I will taste the food, and I say, who made this? He said, oh, this person made that. Wow. Amen. He says, the master said, well done my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in hand. You know, if God gives you a gift and you don't work with it, you are not a faithful servant. You are not a faithful servant. Amen. You are not a faithful servant. Hallelujah. May you be a faithful servant. May it be said of you, well done, my good and faithful servant. Hallelujah. Amen. My words are not finished, but this is all our time will allow us if I move to the next point we will not finish so we will pause here and we will continue next time we meet put your hands together for the Lord and stand to your feet oh stand to your feet oh stand to your feet well done my good and faithful servant. My good and faithful servant. We are thankful, Spirit of God. Thank you for your word this afternoon. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, 
oh jesus father you say your word that proceed out of your mouth it does not return to you void but it goes lord to accomplish the purpose it goes to accomplish the plans the reason the plan the purpose for which you send it it never returns to you void let your word not come back to you void but lord we know your word is transforming us our minds are being renewed from glory to glory you are changing us oh jesus you are transforming us we are becoming more and more like you we thank you jesus holy spirit we thank you for ministering to us in the name of jesus we give you glory we give you honor in jesus name and making me what i should be i wanna be more and more like you with all eyes closed and every head bow you are here this afternoon you are not born again you are not saved you have not given your life to jesus or perhaps once you walked with christ you were on fire for jesus but today you feel very far from jesus and you are saying pastor i want to rededicate my life to jesus i want to receive jesus christ as my savior i want to welcome jesus christ into my life if that is you if you are here you are saying pastor pray with me i want to receive jesus christ into my life i want to welcome jesus into my life if that is you wherever you are just lift up your right hand and i'll pray with you you are saying pastor pray with me i want to welcome jesus into my life beloved do not leave this place if you have not received jesus as your savior perhaps someone invited you to church perhaps you have been here many times but you know in your heart that you feel far from christ you feel far from god if you were to die today you don't know where you're going but today is your day today i give you the chance jesus is here to save you you are saying pastor pray with me i want to receive jesus as my savior wherever you are just lift up your right hand and i'll pray with you lift up your right hand and i'll pray with you is there anyone here like that you want to receive jesus as your savior anyone here like that let him have his way anyone here like that anyone do not leave this place beloved you don't know what awaits tomorrow you don't know what is in tomorrow the only guaranteed time is this right moment this very moment is the only moment that is guaranteed to you you want to give your life to jesus lift up your hand and i'll pray with you anyone here like that father we are thankful we are grateful for the gift of salvation we thank you lord for your love for your kindness father may you find us good and faithful servants may we work with the talent that you have given us may we work with the gifts that you have placed in us that on that day you will say to us well done good and faithful servant you will call unto us to celebrate together with you we give you glory we give you honor deliver us lord from an independent spirit deliver us from offenses deliver us from the spirit of passivity we thank you lord in jesus name amen clap your hands together for we believe you've been blessed by this timely and powerful message. We invite you to join us on Sunday afternoons for our Duel of Heaven service and Tuesday evenings for our Word Power service. For more messages by Rev. Bright Nkrumah, please subscribe to the QFC Bronx North podcast or contact us at 929-247-0738. Stay blessed.